This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Merrickville. Oh, Sydney, an absolute special treat today. My co-host in the co-host chair, if you can actually get into the chair. Welcome back, Tony Martin. Yes, here I am. What's going on? Well, in this hour, you and I are going to smash into the radio industry, just bring up all the dirt from the past. Really? Yeah, if you like. You can do it if you like. It's, this could get quite ugly. Tony, you were often on Nova. Uh, yep. I'm sorry to hear that. But today you're on uh, Triple M, and this show is described as the loosest show in radio. So, is it? Yeah, you can literally say whatever you like. There's no dump button? No, there is no, a dump, dump button. Oh, there is a dump button. Yeah, there's, there's, okay. two, there's two for this show. <laughs> All right. Yes. There's a double whammy. So I can say anything. I can say, I like your pants around your feet. Well, funny like you say that. Oh, no. Your feet. Oh, no. <laughs> I've set it off. Oh. <laughs> It's triggered by voice. It's a voice-activated nickelback. Do they have an emergency tape here, like there used to be an old Mm. thing in radio where if there's a silence that goes too long, an emergency tape kicks in. Yeah, uh, it's Chad Kroger. Is it really? (laughs) It used to be the Eagles. Someone told me they were working on a station where they had a silence, you know, for Anzac Day. They said, we're going to have a minute's silence. And then the emergency Emergency tape kicked out. I think it was. Here's what the veterans all died for. (laughs) There it is. Oh, okay. I don't know if they died for that, did they? Oh, that's a bit awkward. Tony Martin with me today. Yes. Just organising a Nickelback triple play for Tony Martin, my guest today. Great to have you here, Tony. It's good to be here. I flew into Sydney uh, this morning, and here's what happened. The plane had a bit of a rough landing, like it was a bumpy land. And a bloke in the row behind me, the plane hit the ground and it jolted a massive trumpeting fart out of him. (laughs) Oh, and it's just like he clearly been holding it in, and the impact was just oh, and oh. out it came. Oh, and what was great was there was a massive noise, and then just a polite round really? of applause from from <laughs> passengers in the vicinity. But how do you hear a, a fart on a plane? Because it's so it was, noisy. It was super. Well, no, and it's it, coming down to s- land. Yeah, but you're silenced by the padding of the seat, surely, because oh. I let them rip and no one ever knows. <laughs> He wasn't doing the sneak. It was just, a, it just came bursting forth. Oh, like did you a, say anything? I didn't say, nobody said anything. And then there was just the Sheffield Shield style applause. See, I'm one of those people, Tony, I don't know about you, but if I see something that is awkward and everybody recognises that there's an awkward situation, like yes. somebody falls over, somebody trips, or yeah. um, somebody has, you know, some sort of awkward situation, mm. rather than try to pretend it didn't happen, mm-hmm. I highlight it. Oh, yes. I yep. make a big deal out of the situation, much bigger than it needs to be, because then it doesn't make me feel awkward anymore no. because I've diffused the situation. Everyone's in on the joke. Well, except for the person that it's happened to who <laughs> yeah. actually feels very depressed as a result of what I've done. Do you do a thing where you walk down the street and you might trip on some paving and fall, and then you make it look like it's kind of a dance <laughs> that you're doing, like it's a Whoa, deliberate... No, because I'd be a street mime if I did that. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do that. Tony, so you've got a, uh, a book that we're going to get to. It's called The Deadly Kerfuffle. It's your first... Is this your first novel? Yeah, it is. I ran out of uh, real life to exploit and I've gone into fiction. It's great. I've, I'm, as you can see, I'm, I'm well and truly... I'm page, up to page 77. Oh, so wow. That's well, a good page. <laughs> That's the best. It's downhill from there. <laughs> it's a well-written book. You oh, know, obviously have a, a you know a reasonable regard for the English language. Um, why have you taken so long to write a, a work of fiction? Oh well, I just I I was writing stuff about my real life, but I was doing that thing of not. Yeah, you know, people always go, "Why didn't you write 
you know, stuff about what happened on Mark Malloy or on The Late Show. I go, nothing interesting ever happened. It was just scientists in a room trying to think of jokes. All the funny stories I have involve fights with body corporates, jobs that I've got the sack from, uh, arguments <laughs> with chiropractors, just things like that. So I had a lot of incidents like that in my earlier books, yeah. and I've kind of run out of them, So have you, you less neurotic? Because that just sounds like yeah. a book of neuroses. It sounds like I'm one of those people who I reckon once every two days I hear that music, the Larry David. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. 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 Just, something will happen and I would just hear that. I was Here's one that happened a couple of weeks ago. I was out the front of my house. My cat is called Shorty because he has only half a tail. Oh. I, was going, I was going, Shorty, Shorty. And a four foot man walked past. Like, oh. Not a dwarf, not technically a dwarf, slightly taller than a dwarf. So, so a bit shorter than Liam yeah. or a bit taller than Liam? Uh, it's it's hard to say. I mean, <laughs> Liam hasn't yet come out from behind the console, so I couldn't <laughs> run a comparison. I don't want him to jump off the box. So. <laughs> but there was no cat to be seen, and I'm just oh. staring at a short man going, shorty, shorty. <laughs> And that's when you hear. Put this into a book. Uh, Deadly kerfuffle. Tell yeah. us about the premise of the book. I mean, obviously, I'm familiar with it because I'm reading it, and it's great. But well, I lived uh, in a town called Hamilton in New Zealand when I was growing up, lucky and you. Uh, so lucky. Uh, the suicide <laughs> capital of New Zealand was actually what it was referred to in the papers, not on the sign out, <laughs> out the, on the Welcome. outskirts, but uh, no. And there was a street that had 20 houses, council houses, all identical all facing the front but the seventh one along was on a strange angle and word went round our school that Egyptians had moved into that house <laughs> and had, had it turned to face Mecca now I'm sure that wasn't true but because how complicated it would be to, to you wouldn't you just have to you, why would you just pipes electricity and they're living in a council house so surely they can't afford but anyway that just became accepted as fact that's so New Zealand to do that <laughs> that is, I can't tell you how New Zealand that is why well, I, I am telling you <laughs> well I decided what if that happened in a leafy suburb mm. in Australia and uh, it's not happening of course it's a rumor but it gets blown out of control and yep. there's a protest to protest the uh, proposed Islamic rotation. Yeah, yeah of the house. Yeah, it's, and it, what you've done is you've found something really quite controversial like Islamophobia sure. and xenophobia. <laughs> yeah. And then you've gone, how do I make those things funny? There's got to be comedy in this. I know what I'll do. I'll introduce some Kiwi characters. <laughs> that's right. And then it'll diffuse the situation. Well, my attitude was if you had a house it's all, or a street with all white people and a Muslim family moved in and everyone thought they were terrorists, that's a drama. But mm -hmm. if a Maori family from New Zealand moves in and people are not sure what they are... It's a nightclub? Uh, it could yeah. be a comedy. <laughs> a nightclub. Okay, I just assumed that was security. Yes, well, that's right. Oh, I wow, remember that's... years ago, you would remember the Esplanade Hotel. In St Kilda in, in Melbourne? In St Kilda, mm -hmm. and there was a giant Simone bloke yes. on the yes. door. Yes, And I remember we uh, paid him a lot of money to come in and do a comedy sketch where it was Daleks. From Doctor Who, and he was sort of on the edge of the Daleks going, wheel to the right, wheel to the right. <laughs> right hand down, right hand down. Come on, you're spoiling it for everybody. <laughs> Tony Martin's my guest this afternoon. Joined this afternoon by one and only Tony Martin. Great to have you back in the Triple M studios, Tony. It's good to be here. Is it a bit weird to give you an icy cold can of Coke? I'm and a, and a staring right at uh, the winged demon holding a guitar who mm -hmm. used to be known as Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan. Yeah, still is. Still, still Dr. Dr. Dan. Dan. Yeah. Hasn't been supplanted no. by no, 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 another no. logo. No, no, no. He's still there. He's, uh, yeah, he's doing a great job. Uh, <laughs>
he comes and goes. He's fallen from favour a few yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's right now he's currently still there. I will yeah. change the M's a little bit. That was a mm. pretty big move yeah. here for us at the M's. He's still here. Ugly Phil's still here. Oh, Ugly Phil. Well, Dr. Dan's not quite as old as Ugly Phil. but he's, <laughs> I um... spotted Ugly I, I was walking down the corridor. I went, that is an incredibly good lookalike for Ugly Phil. And it was Ugly Phil. Yeah. Some people think it's a blow-up sex doll. It's not. It's, oh, ugly. it's not. It's not. They do. It's it's Ugly Phil. In the old days, when we were doing Martin Malloy, Ugly Phil would come uh, was on after us, and he would do something called the Ugly Phil Awards. He's nodding, and he would come in with a sleeping bag and sleep in the station all weekend. I went, that's commitment. He's still doing that, is he? Yeah. Maybe he just has nowhere to live. He, 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 yeah, he's he's yeah. We don't want to talk about that, but he's he does actually live here. Okay. He's not actually allowed to leave the building just in case something breaks. Phil's the only person who knows how to fix it. Mate, you've done you've yes. done years and years of radio, and I used to listen to you when I was a young bloke. Right. And I bought um, two of your albums. I bought Brown and I bought Poop Shoot. Yes. Which I found very amusing. Well, Poop Shoot, I think one of the reasons we called it that was because uh, we figured if we won the ARIA Awards again, uh, people would have to say the words Poop Shoot on the <laughs> ARIA. And they did. It was said like about 18 times in one <laughs> night by very respectable people. And in your time in radio, what do you, I, I could ask you about your, your favourite times or, you know, good times and all that, but they're actually not as interesting as uh, times of excess, right? Yes. Because I love talking about this mm. with other people who've worked mm. in radio. It's Things have calmed down a little bit now, unless, yeah. of course, you're Kyle Sandlin's not calming down. <laughs> not, not at all. Not, not calming down. <laughs> no. But, like, in the old days, yeah. there was so much money in radio, it was thrown around for, you know, totally unnecessary shit. <laughs> and it was it was a great time. Like, just for example, Tony, and this is just kind of said it, mm. years and years ago when I was working at Nova, Rosso and I... Um, we got the company to hire us two helicopters to fly us from Sydney to the Blue Mountains so we could go really? and have some lunch with some friends. Wow. <laughs> Were they stationed uh, with the logos on the side? <laughs> We're such dickheads. <laughs> we did all the budget on the way up. We had no money on the way back. We had to get cars on the way back. But wow. it was a great trip up to the Blue Mountains because friends of ours said, oh, there's never been a helicopter. And we said, well, we'll sort that out. <laughs> Because we work in radio. We should cost have asked. the company so much money. We never asked for a helicopter. We never asked for anything like that. But didn't you have like a, a demountable, like a school a school um, demountable put on the roof oh, of yeah. Triple M? Well, well, that was because in Melbourne, Triple M merged with Fox, which is uh, Today FM of Melbourne. Currently. So I mean, it could, be, it, could be, it could be changed by the end of this hit. broadcast. Who knows? <laughs> But, so there was no room. There was not enough room for us. And we threatened to go off station. And they were terrified of the idea that we might be working from home. So they had a workman's hut craned onto the roof of the building. Him. Yeah. So we spent four years working in a shed on the roof, which but, I think was illegal. I don't think there was any council permission for that. Yeah. But there would have been somebody working for the company who was wearing cowboy boots who authorised that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there, would have. there were several people in cowboy boots. The story I remember, uh, and I might have told this before, uh, but not on this show, is uh, the introduction of the gold coin. Do you remember how exciting it was? Yeah. When, oh, no, the $2 coin. $2 coin. Yep. $2 coin. And so they decided, oh, this might have been the $1 coin. So they. I think, I think the $2 coin came first, didn't it? And then the $1 it? coin. Yes, it was a $1 coin. They decided to have a promotion called the Golden Mile. And this was an idea where we're going to get people to come down to the foreshore in Melbourne, the Esplanade, and lay dollar coins on the ground, and we'll make literally a mile of golden coins, and okay. then that'll be given to charity. Okay, this would have been the first time uh, somebody in radio didn't snort that line. So. <laughs> exactly. It's a big job. It's a mile. We'll get, you start at that but end. We've got a guy in cowboy boots who can help us. <laughs> you start at that end. We'll see who makes it to the middle first.
But I remember, and no one had done the maths on like, like how many, like a dollar coin times a mile. That's like about a million dollars. I, I, I would think. say I wouldn't think about that. If somebody said to me, "What are you going to about a mile of coins?" I'd go, "Yeah, that's going to cost." Probably a couple of grand. Yeah, that's right. So let's do it. Yeah. And then I remember it was on a Saturday morning and it just wasn't happening. Like they only had enough coins for, <laughs> I reckon if they were laid end to end, it would have been like maybe 200 feet. <laughs> but the promotion was called the Golden Mile. And so then I remember there was a decision. Not had the to Golden be. 30 metres. <laughs> but like then it was like, okay, what do we do? Do we preserve the mile idea and space them over a mile? Or do we just have the golden 100 metres? And then they've gone, no, nah, we've got to stick to the mile. So there was like a coin every 50 feet. And then there would be Triple M celebrities like Shirley Strawn would just be guarding two coins going, stay away! <laughs> Waving children away from them. It's a disaster. <laughs> See, it's good times. Right, yeah, good times. Tony, um, a little, a little bit later uh, in the show, in this hour, um, we're going to let you do something um, which you might, you may have an answer for. Which is, I'd like to throw it over to you. Is there a talkback topic? Have oh, a think yeah, about it. Yeah, a I'll talkback topic back. over the years. Yes. Since you've been away from radio, you're mm. back now. Mm. Would you like to take control and just whatever talkback topic now? I've got to say this: mm. there is nothing too stupid that you can do. This audience is familiar. With right. very, very, very low standards that mm. I presented for some period of time. <laughs> what is the lo- how low does the bar go? We What's... did we did pizza discuss last week. Just that was it. it wasn't even, it wasn't even a question. It was just pizza discuss. Discuss and do people call in? It with went nuts. Lengthy yeah, dissertations went on capricciosas. They went nuts. And then we once we did nuts discuss. Wow. <laughs> that kicked off. You just add discuss to anything. Yeah. Islamophobia discuss. <laughs> call <laughs> now. <laughs> Win some pink tickets. <laughs> Not likely, not now. <laughs> I know. Tony Martin with me this afternoon. Cheers. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick, I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Tony Martin's got a book out yes. called Deadly Kerfuffle. Uh, I'm reading at the moment, page 77 I'm up to. That's a record, <laughs> it's a record for me, Tony, for an Australian Is that right? Or yeah. is that the furthest you've got? Tim yeah. Winton, you've never got yeah. past 77? Oh, no, I've, I've pushed myself but, okay. but regretted it. Um, it's the no. furthest you've got in a book that's not about war. Oh, right. No, no I read more than, than you give me credit for. But I, you're right, I don't get past page 77. Tone, yes. you've worked in radio on and off for uh, well, best part of almost three decades. Yes, yeah? that's true. Um, and uh, no doubt, over the course, one of the things I, f- I find with radio is that you can talk about things 
um, and you can do talk back. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you find yourself one day going, I think I've already done that before. You've right. Well, there's that thing too where it goes around the same days come around every year. And yeah. you go, did we do this last year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For Easter. Or yeah. For, yeah. For those. Well, like for the last week in Melbourne, it's been the Melbourne Cup. Mm. So yep. you, I, I remember we would always do for a talk back on Melbourne Cup, we would get people to call in and do a song like it was a race call. So we'd run sort of horse race noises. Wow. And then do a song. And the one I always used for the demonstration was, Jesse's girl, Jesse's girl, I wish that I was Jesse's girl. It's amazing how many songs work when you do them as a race call. But I remember every year that would come around, you go, oh, is it that time of the year again already? Where were you on Monday? Yeah, I was going to say, it's a shame shame we're not on next year for the Melbourne Cup. Yesterday, I'm gutted. But it is hard to think of new phone topics. And what we would do on Get This on Triple M is... Uh, I would just get Ed Cavalli to say the first thing that popped into his head, and that's what we have to do. Panties. Uh, uh, that's right. Okay, call him with your favourite panties story. But I remember one time I said, okay, what are we doing for a phone topic? Just say anything. And he goes, who's your favourite sailor? <laughs> and you go, that sounds terrible. And it was one of the best ones we did because I, people just had great sailors. They went, what about Mr. Stay Puffed from Ghostbusters? Uh, oh, yeah, from, from Ghostbusters. He's a sailor. See, there you go. The well, sailor I, from the village people. I always say this to, to limited people working just off air as well, is that it, it never ceases to astound me how good right. people who listen to Triple M are at getting involved in stuff. That's right. Particularly if they know it's stupid and ill-conceived. <laughs> mm. Right? They just go, oh, I get it. You're being a half-wit. I'll join in for a I'm bit of fun. on board. I've got a bit of spare time. <laughs> I'll play along. So here's some of the talkback topics I've done recently. Okay. Um, uh, one was called, what place am I thinking about? <laughs> but you're thinking about people yeah, yeah. calling in guests yeah. Yeah, yeah. the location. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were all wrong. And yeah. we're, uh, let me guess what you think about was Dracula's Theatre Restaurant on the Gold Coast. <laughs> was that it? No. It was, somebody was always going to guess it. No. Somebody was always going to get there. That one was, that one was in okay. honour of the New South Wales State of Origin team who gave up in the second uh, half. So in the second right. half of the show, we gave up. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, that was the that quality was of radio. And, another one I did was, what word have I put into the verbal dictionary app? Now, you know oh, you've got a, a yes. dictionary on your phone. Yeah. And it, it will talk back to you. So Lawrence Mooney and I will put oh, in. Oh no, he would put just nothing but filth in there. Correct, Tony. <laughs> I'm thinking of seven words you can't say on radio that Mooney has at the forefront of his brain at all, all times. And all of them were said directly into a microphone. <laughs> and we all just sat here and we just went. And then I went, oh no, I want to play this game as well because this is fantastic. And all of those words were used on the radio, Tony. Mm. It's it funny fun. what it, it, I find at the end of the year. Like it's around now. Mm. It's like November mm. that you're going stir crazy. Mm. And someone bailed me up uh, in a pub recently, quite pissed. But they were telling me <laughs> Again, that. Mooney? He go, it wasn't Mooney, amazingly. It was uh, actually in Wollongong. And a guy goes, he goes, I remember a thing that you did on Mark Malloy that I thought was hilarious. And you got three dolls where you pull the string out and they talk. And you just had five minutes of radio where you just had them all talking to each other. <laughs> and you had the con the fruiter a doll. You had the uh, you had the doll of Acropolis now. And you had uh, Beavis and Butthead. And apparently, yeah, we for five minutes of radio, we just pulled. We didn't speak. The only sound was the string being pulled out. And then, couple of nights. I can't tell you. And then pulling the string out. Chicken vibe. That is the most genius thing I've ever heard of. Top I mean, of four sorted for tomorrow, miss. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to pull Liam's string. Because oh, okay. What's his catchphrase? Does he have a catchphrase? Does yeah. Liam have one? It's Lawrence Merrick. Stop. stop. <laughs>
Enough. So, so I want to throw the show over to you. Do yep. you have a talkback topic that you've been kind of, you've had there lurking around for well, the last little while that you would like to open up to Triple M right now? I think I've probably done them all over the years, but one that we do is, uh, I don't know whether you do this at home, you have a line from a movie, an obscure line from a movie or a TV show that you can't stop saying. Like a simple example is, um, we get the voice of the boss from the IT crowd. You know, Matt mm. Berry, the boss from the IT crowd. No, I don't know that. Shen, what are you talking about? <laughs> we just will be, be talking like him for a whole day. Oh, yes. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. sometimes me and my girlfriend, yeah, yeah. for a whole day, no matter what anyone says, you have to respond like uh, Kenneth Williams from the old Carry On movie. So yeah. if you say, uh, I'm going up the shops, oh, I bet you are. <laughs> just, we just do that all day. Okay, okay. So, you know, Call in with a weird line from a movie that you can't stop doing around the house. I remember we had one. I was watching Arrested Development. Do you yes, remember yes, Arrested I Development? I love that show. And there was love a, it. There was a great episode where they went to Baghdad and they went to yes. the house where all of the Saddam Hussein lookalikes were living. Yes, remember yes, that? yes, and yes. All, and one of them answered the door. And then another one yelled out, why don't you invite in the guests? And the, the Saddam Hussein lookalike went, oh, excuse me, I am behaving like an Uday Hussein lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we just had that around the house. So every time someone did something wrong, it was, I'm sorry, I'm behaving like an Uday Hussein lookalike. Well, here's the thing. This is, this is not from a TV show, but this is kind of disturbing. Many, many, many years ago, there was a 60 Minutes report about a guy in Japan who was an, he was a cannibal. And right. he talked about how he used to like eating people. Yes. Right? And it was really, like, he was really dysfunctional and he'd been locked up. And he knew he was insane. And he said, oh, look, I know I'm insane. I mean, I eat human beings and stuff like that. Right. And he's talking about how he doesn't like to, you know, necessarily kill them. He just wants to eat small parts of human beings. And there's this guy in Japan who's talking about it, right? And then they asked him, they said, what do you like about it? And he said, it's delicious. Now, I swear to God, like 12 years later, my wife and I cannot at home say the word delicious. We just go, my wife will say, oh, how's the chicken? I go, delicious. Right, we had so one of those. We had one of those on Martin Malloy where there was a guy called in. They had this kind of accent like that. And he, and we, he was just. Describing some disaster that had happened at a family barbecue, and he goes, "Oh my, it was terrible. It was a case of mistake gone wrong." <laughs> <laughs> and we were just obsessed with mistake gone wrong. And I think we had a segment called "Mistake Gone Wrong" for That's a year. It's this show. <laughs> it turned it morphed into this show. Oh man, right. it's mistake gone wrong. Okay, what so? One triple three five three is the phone number. Tone, what's the what's the talkback topic you want to throw out there? We, what's your weird catchphrase that's stuck in your head from a TV show <laughs> or, or from a any, movie or from anything or from a cannibal in Japan? That's anything it. you like. One triple three five three. What's the weird catchphrase stuck in your head? This is Tony Martin's idea. Tony Martin in the studio with me this afternoon. He's got a brand new book called Deadly Kerfuffle. Uh, it's in all good bookstores and a couple of shit ones um, at the moment. So you can get out there and buy it. Great Christmas gift, I'd imagine. Just in time. Yeah, exactly. That's, I'm sure, why it's come out now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stocking fella. Yeah. Now, I've thrown it over, the show over to you, Tone, to yep. um, allow your talkback topic. Because you never know. Like, here's the thing. Let's be honest. Some radio shows struggle to get good callers through. That's a real thing. We yes. know this in radio, don't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my thing is that you never struggle in this show. You always no. get... Great calls and lots of them. I find the stupider the topic, the more people call in and yeah. want to be part of it. Well, you've got a pretty stupid one going on, Tom. <laughs> okay, catchphrases around the house, just things that you say perhaps to your yep. partner and no one else gets it. Have yeah. we got anyone on the line? Yes, we've got plenty of people on the <laughs> it line. It does seem to have exploded. Don't worry. We've got, is it Pratesh? 
Yeah, it is. Guys. Hi, hi Pratesh. Welcome, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah, um, uh, well, the wife and I are now well, in our 40s, early 40s, and we've got three beautiful kids. So when we started off, um, Wayne's World was an awesome one. So oh, yeah. Me, every time, uh, before I met my beloved, it was... Uh, it was, you know, with the boys and the lads, and you're in the shopping center, and you see young girls, and or, you know, something that you'd like, and you'd go, shwing! And, you know, <laughs> oh. and, and that's become the catchphrase now when we want to do the business, you know? I mean, the kids are, you know, very young, and, and you look at each other, and you think, how the hell do I send the signal through? And so for us, it's, uh, the catchphrase is, Time for a swing. Swing. Well, Time I guess for swing. Swing was the famous catchphrase, and there was adding "not" to the end of sentences. The catchphrase I liked from Wayne's World that we used to say was, "Oh, I landed on my keys." <laughs> Remember that when the bloke threw himself on the ground, and he, he yeah. landed on his keys. Yeah. I was I just always all, saying that. We all felt that, but I like also too. Like his kids are probably pretentious. Kids are probably of that age where they yeah. just got no reference point for that. They just go, yeah. they go for a swing, and they just go, yeah. "Are you having a shower in the swing? Is that what it is? A shower?" Swing? And they don't want to be thinking about their parents. No, why don't you just have sex instead of being nah. weirdos? That's what they say. Let's get to Gavin in Windsor. G'day, Gav. How's it going, boys? Good, mate. All right. Uh, Tony has thrown it open for uh, catchphrases that you can't get rid of. What have you got? I've always been a mad Paulie Shaw fan. Oh, Paulie Shaw. Um, Paulie Shaw, son-in-law, biodome, um, Encino man. In the and army now. Yeah, every time I get a brain freeze at home, it's no, 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 Tony, no squeeze in the jaw. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, could you repeat that, Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> it's nice to see somebody, Gavin, who openly admits to being a fan of Paulie Shaw. Yeah, that's mm. not often uh, admitted to these days. No. It's a support group. That I was think, a good but... film, Encino Man. <laughs> was it? Yeah. yeah. Was see, it? everyone liked Encino Man, but by the time of In the Army Now and Biodome, yeah. like, people well, moved on. Biodome had Kylie Minogue in it. Yeah. That it? was one of her few film roles. Oh, no wonder Street Fighter. I'm not seeing that or that one. <laughs> I'll just stick to the games. Thanks. We've got Matt in the Blue Mountains. Hello, Matty. Yeah, g'day, Mez and Tone and Liam. What can't you stop saying? Oh, mate, when me and the misters are in a bit of a silly mood, uh, we use a, a single word line from a, I think it was a pommy comedy called Black Books. And yes. uh, one of the episodes was about them pronouncing words and getting the emphasis wrong. Oh, oh, the emphasis! The emphasis. <laughs> yeah, so you, so you can say anything with the wrong emphasis. <laughs> so how do you use it around the home though, Matty? Like, I mean, how does it come up in conversation? Well, mate, it's it's hard. It's just random, you know. We yeah. don't have any particular favourite word. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, get, can I have the, uh, get the kids into the car? You know, instead yeah. of the kids. Yeah. Of See, the thing yeah. is, like you, Maddie, I've got to see, you know, that my word with my wife is derecious, which right. was when, after we saw a Japanese cannibal on 60 Minutes sure. talking about eating yeah. somebody's flesh. Absolutely. And he described, how do you like it? Derecious. <laughs> now, the problem is, though, like, that's a reference point of like 10, 12 years ago that yeah. we saw this in 60 Minutes. Now, mm. like, it happens all the time because we have food every day. Uh, yeah. And my wife's a great cook. And I go, oh, derecious. And she goes, derecious. And we do that. <laughs> and our friend just goes, are you being racist? <laughs> Are you being laced? <laughs> Sorry. But that is true because without the context, it does sound like mm. uh, yeah. it's gone all 1974. Love thy neighbour. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Oh, Maddie in Laylor Park. Hello, mate. Hey, man. It's funny how you going? Very good. All right. You've got a catchphrase that is stuck with it. 
Yeah, so I had actually come from uh, Tony's show a few years ago, uh, Get This. Oh, yeah. So, old Johnny Howard saying, uh, shocking horror, another cover-up. Oh, well, that was the real John Howard, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Horror. Shocking horror. Yeah. Well, John Howard, did he have many... Did he have catchphrases? I remember in the 80s, he tried to introduce a concept called incentivation. <laughs> and it was, I can't remember what it was. It was something to get people to put so, money in the bank. Yeah, so it's like an incentive but yeah, or to yeah. incentivize, but incentivation, <laughs> which is clearly a made up word. It never caught on. Which... I seem to remember on Get This Week, our favorite thing was to call sex lines as John Howard. Just <laughs> oh, do, to... do a little bit now for us, Tony. <laughs> it's just, oh, why don't you? Ask me about incentivation. It was just like that talking to, <laughs> to the ladies of the night on the well, phone lines. Funnily enough, one of the characters in your book, Julian Spence, who is yes. an AM-style radio broadcaster, in your yeah. book, Deadly Kerfuffle, has a phrase that he is trying to get into the public vernacular, isn't he? That's right. It's called uh, the word commonsensical. He's yeah. trying to get people to use it when they call in, and he's always berating his assistant for not having got it into the dictionary yet. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> Because it's a made-up word. That's the right. sad thing is, I was reading it and I went, "I thought that was a real word." Yeah. <laughs> well, I love. I tried to invent a word years ago because my one of my favourite words is shambolic. Don't you reckon that is just a great yeah, Aussie yeah. word? Yeah, yeah. It was describing something as shambolic. Yeah, you go to like a wedding or a party and it's all falling apart. And you go, "Oh, it was shambolic." Shambolic. So I, my version was uh, my word was debacular. Oh, as I do in like of that. a debacle. Yeah, so, I do like that. But never, never caught on. No, it's the it's... poor man's shambolic. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Martin has a book out right now. Go and buy several copies for you and for your friends. It's called Deadly Kerfuffle. It's in all good bookstores. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in here, mate. Thanks, gentlemen. Good to be here. And mm. can I? Uh, I'm told that there's a room somewhere mm-hmm. where you have the uh, cryogenically frozen. The body of Doug Mulray. Yeah, yeah. And I was hoping I could see that before <laughs> yeah, I leave. It's we call it the Walt Disney Room. <laughs> you can I'll go be, and see Doug there. I'm yeah. almost ready to join him. <laughs> Tony Martin, absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Gary Megan, and I do a little show on Podcast One called A Plate to Call Home, and it's about fascinating people all centred around food. This is a show for foodies, but it's more than that. It's a show about the people and the stories behind food. I think you know that I'm obsessed by food. Everything in my life revolves around it, and I love nothing better than to spend a little time talking about people that are equally as passionate, sharing their stories, and getting to know what makes them tick. It's called A Plate to Call Home, and it's available on the Podcast One app or on podcastone.com.au. A Vaucluse housewife was eating a bag of cashew nuts that she purchased from Woolworths when she discovered halfway through that they were, in fact, riddled with little worms, little maggoty worms in the in the bag. And you go, oh, God, that's disastrous. And cashew nuts, they're expensive. But I'm sure that the millions and millions and millions of dollars that she's got uh, from living in Vaucluse will keep her some comfort. But she joins me on the line now. Hello, and welcome to the show. Yes, hello. It's Margaret here. How are you? So, Margaret, can you explain what happened? Well, I purchased a bag of cashew nuts uh, from Woolworths. I took them home. I opened the bag of nuts. I do enjoy nuts of many varieties. And I uh, put some nuts in my mouth, one after another, after another, 
after another, just loaded my mouth full of nuts. Then I looked into the bag and I realized that there was, in fact, worms in the bag and they'd been feasting on the nuts. And normally I'm the one who likes to feast on the nuts. Yes, you certainly sound like a nut-loving woman. Uh, Did you take the nuts back to Woolworths? Oh, God, no, I won't be going back to Woolworths. In fact, I never went to Woolworths in the first place. You see, I'm quite wealthy, so I paid somebody to go to the supermarket, I think you call it, and uh, purchase those items and bring them to my Vaucluse residence. And then I was eating them when I realized there was something astray because you're not meant to have worms or maggots in your nuts. It's very bad for you to have worms or maggots or anything crawling in your nuts, isn't it? But I believe that Woolworths offered you a full $4 refund. Did you take it? <laughs> $4. You must be joking. No, no, no. I told them to shove it up their ass. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, you are loaded. Uh, just quickly, before I let you go, uh, is it true what they say about Vaucluse housewives being the horniest housewives in Sydney? Oh, actually, I believe you're thinking of Mossman housewives. But yes, we too are also very, very horny as well. Thanks for your time, Margaret. I want to open up the phones now. One triple three five three. What have you discovered halfway through eating something? I was at a Vietnamese restaurant with a friend of mine, and she was halfway through her first spring roll, and there was a plate of them. And as she bit into it, she realised that there was in fact a cockroach in the middle of the spring roll, and she put it down and went, "Oh my god!" Halfway through a spring roll. Oh, my God, it's a cockroach. And she said, I feel sick. I'm not eating it. And I honestly said, can you just pass that plate over? And she said, you're not going to. And I said, you bet your life I am. There's no way, no, I'm letting those spring rolls out of here. And I ate them. I ate the whole lot, even part of the one that had cockroach in it. I've got a problem. One triple three five three. what have you discovered halfway through eating something? Just found out that apparently Vaucluse housewives are just as horny as no, the... Ma- not, what? That was not the point of that, that, that conversation. Oh, no, that's right. Sorry, it was about finding things in a bag of cash. Yes. <laughs> I got so confused. Uh, anyway, uh, we're taking your calls on 13353 about what you found halfway through eating something. Now, this woman in Vaucluse, and I know that... Calm down. We all have immense pity for people who live in Vaucluse at the best of times. It's tough. But yeah, exactly. Mm. Don't talk to them about Struggle Street because no. they wouldn't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> eating a bag of cashew nuts and inside some worms, some maggots halfway Ugh. through. I'd already eaten half the bag. You know what I'd say? Eh. You'd push on. Yeah, mate. You'd shoulder. You'd, you 100%. Know, all they've been doing is eating. Tough it out. All they've been doing is eating cashew nuts. So they're just little, you know, they are just little moving cashew nuts, tiny little wriggling cashew nuts. Belinda in Wollongong. Belinda, you there? Yes, hello. How are yes, you? Welcome, welcome to the show, Belinda. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, what? my husband was having um, some Chinese at a restaurant and ordered some deep-fried Sim Sim. Mm. And he thought he'd cut some open to cool down for his um, daughter, who was only a couple of years old. Yes. There were still live maggots crawling oh. inside the, the Dim Sim. See, I'd, I'd send that back, Belinda, because those maggots... <laughs> Those maggots should be cooked. You know, that's disgraceful. Yeah, obviously they're not. Yeah, no, no, that's ter- That's a terrible case of undercooking. Uh, that's what that is. That's, I'd send them back and go, I'm sorry, this is too rare. I'd like this Tim Sim. Well, well to medium done, please. Yeah. 
You know what the funny thing is? All of us listening right now go, ooh, that's rough. Still, no one is put off by it enough no. to ever consider not yeah. eating a dim sim because yeah. they are freaking delicious. When Sunday morning rolls around. Oh, God. Yeah. We're all I heading. destroy a fried dim sim right now. <laughs> oh, yum. Okay, Dave on the Central Coast. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How you going? Very good. What have you discovered halfway through eating? Well, we're at a pizza restaurant one night. It was like a, like a gourmet pizza restaurant. And my missus said, oh, you've got a hair in your pizza. And she's grabbed the, what she thought was a hair, but it, as she pulled it, the cockroach come out with it. It was the, it was the, it was the antenna of the cockroach. Oh, <laughs> wow. That That's is, great. How big is that cockroach that its antenna can look like a human hair? Yeah, yeah it was a good one. But, David, was, was the cockroach cooked? It was cooked, mate. Yeah, he was crisp. The guy, the, when, when the waiter came over, I said, I said to the waiter, I said, listen, mate, we've got something on this pizza we didn't order. Mm. I said, what's that? And I said, it's this cockroach here. Mm. And he sort of looked up into the sky, like into the ceiling. He thought it must have fallen out of the ceiling into the pizza. I said, no, nah, it's well cooked in there. <laughs> okay, so what happened then, Dave? Because, like, I'm not lying. I would probably just remove a small yes. section of that pizza where that cockroach <laughs> is and just move on and just be with it, be with the situation. What did you do? I got the waiter over, and he got the pizza. He took it over to the to the um, to the oven guy for mm-hmm. cooks, and the, he sort of uh, pointing at it, and the, you'd see the the cook guy look at it. And goes, "Oh, what's that?" You know, and they're having a bit of a little rouse. But anyway, he came over. And we got a free meal and a few drinks. Ah, Stuck it that's out. That's the way, Dave. Well done, son. I'm wrapped to hear that. Just incidentally, where's that pizza now? I mean, is it is it still okay? No, okay. Let it go, miss. Let it go. How old how Aussie is that though? You're like. Oh, bloody cockroach on my pizza. But if you give me it for free, yeah. I'll stick around. Yeah, and okay, he said a couple of beers, mate. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Don't be squeamish. <laughs> Come on. Thousands of years ago, we would have been wrapped if something had a bit of extra protein on it. Mm. That's how we built the pyramids. Um, <laughs> Peter in Matraville. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. What, what have you found halfway through eating it? Uh, I was in the pie and had a couple of bites out of it. Oh, yeah. And then go. I. I looked, I looked down at it, and there was about a hundred little maggots in there. Oh. So I had a couple of bitefuls of those. So oh, I, I took it back. To, took it back to the shop, and they opened a couple more pies up, and it uh, wasn't the pies. And then they opened tomato sauce up, and it was that's where it was. It was full of uh, maggots in the tomato sauce. I oh. squeezed it into the pie. Sons of bitches! They've infiltrated through the sauce bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cheeky? That's not right. Yeah. They shouldn't be in the sauce bottle. The Somebody's part, left the lid off. The worst part is they'd also gotten into the little 20-cent sachets as well. Oh, they were all in there. Just little baby ones. Yeah. Tiny little ones. Squeezies. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. That made me feel a bit sick, that one. The other ones I was laughing at, that one made me feel a bit crook. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? Really good. Welcome to the show. What have you found halfway through eating it? When I was in high school, I grabbed a sausage roll at the canteen and bit into it to discover that there were cockroach eggs that had hatched while it was baking. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, couldn't eat a sausage roll for years after that. Isn't it funny? You very rarely see the little baby cockroaches, like tiny little ones. You always see them when they're like about thumbnail size at least. Absolutely. So how, no, this thing was full. And, and how big were the baby cockroaches, Chris? Oh, like a millimetre long. They were really Ooh. tiny. It was how, just, yeah, filled how, with eggs. How many do you reckon you accidentally swallowed in the bite, Chris? Oh, I don't even want to think about it, oh. seriously. It's okay. nasty. Okay. Chris? Had to have at least eaten a dozen, I reckon. Oh, Chris. Um, how long after you ate that sausage roll were you able to eat a sausage roll again? 
dead set. It was at least 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. I like at how you've least. got a time I was frame. Traumatized. Yeah, yeah, but I like how you've got a time frame on it. Some people say never again. You've gone, nah, no, we've... no, no. I, I'll eat my husband's ones because I trust him, but I still won't buy one from a bakery. It's either got to be frozen, like in the woolly section. Yep. Or hubby makes them. We'll never buy a sausage roll from a bakery again. Oh, see, you've got standards, and that's what yeah. I admire. Mez, I don't. What if the what if the canteen had offered you a free sausage roll and I'd a couple of that. beers? I'd have eaten that. Oh, if they offered me a couple of beers, <laughs> I'd have eaten the rest of the pie warmer. Now, Liam, I know that you've we've set a little quiz for today. Well, yeah, we have, but it's just you. It's essentially just well, testing you. Why? Because. There's, there's no one else here. Well, okay, because there's cool. no one else here. Because okay, <laughs> no. I said to Tony Martin, would you mind hanging around for an hour? And he said, and absolutely not. Yeah. Um, there's kerf- a s- no, kerfuffle. Go kerfuffle yourself. That's the name of the Yeah, book. deadly kerfuffle. Out now. The story has come out today, Mez, that nursery rhymes are dying. Nursery rhymes, uh, because of iPads and high-tech toys and the like, the traditional nursery rhyme is dying out. Kids' nursery rhyme. black sheep. Yeah, they're dying I don't know. I can't remember them. I've, well, then you're not going to go well in this in this quiz. No, I just, that's why I went silent there for a little bit. I went, oh, that's right. There's one that I, I just like, I get halfway through and I can't, I can't, I just try to have have to make up the rest of the. Well, the, well this will be fun then because basically you're going to have to uh, tell me the next line of these well-known nursery rhymes. Mate, I'm going to give it a crack. All right. Do you know what else is quite is funny? Any, is any of the, is, when I come to the stop, I, then I just. Is when it, I stop, is, you continue. Can, is any of the answer, just tell me now, is any of them going to be, this is a wicked track? No. Oh, f- no. Do you know what, uh, just quickly, and this is kind of sad, funny, yeah. but Matty White, who was an only child, no, he was the youngest child. Uh, is that right, producer Matty? You were the youngest child? Yeah, they didn't care about me. They, he doesn't know any nursery rhymes because his parents were overtelling them by the time he was born. None of them. How many How many kids in your family, Matty? Four. Oh, okay. Well, I don't understand why they gave up on you. I mean, it's fairly evident now, and it explains a lot. But... They used to dress me up as a girl called Sarah when I'd go and collect pizza as well. <laughs> it's another story. It's got real. They're I... I... actually speechless. I... No. One triple three five three. Did, <laughs> did your parents dress you up as a girl? Did your parents dress you up as a boy? We can save the did nursery they, rhyme quiz for dress, tomorrow. Did they dress you up just because they felt like it? Uh, no, we can do that as well if you like, but... Matty, no, fair income. What did they make you wear? I uh, like this. Well, I've got a photo. Um, Why haven't I not seen this? A white dress, and then when the pizza delivery guy would turn up, I'd have to pull $20 out of my top <laughs> and hand it to the pizza guy. <laughs> so sorry. What the? What? Fair oh, income. I wish I wish you could all see my face now. It's a cross between shock and delight because <laughs> they were disappointed that I turned out to be a boy. They wanted a girl called Sarah. How old were you when you were wearing this dress, Sarah? Six. Six, and you Six have to pay the old. pizza guy like you're a hooker. Yes. <laughs> what is going on in your household? Did you get mate? some extra garlic bread? Hang on, <laughs> hang on. Who in your family is saying I've just ordered capriccioza, Sarah? I mean, Matt, Sarah. <laughs> Put a $20 note down the front of your dress. Wear that white dress to the door and give it to the pizza man. Okay? Do as you're told. Do as you're told, sweetheart. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> Pretty much. I just didn't... I, I, they just didn't care about me. I'm just going to cry. <laughs> He's visibly shocked. This is not. You brought up really tough. He's turned the phones off. Yeah, the phones are off. He's turned them off. He's blocked the call so no one can call through. Did you? If your parents dressed you 
as a boy or I'll a girl, the opposite. If you're pretty stressed, you in the opposite, the opposite sex of the clothes, just for just Give because they call. felt like it. I want to hear from you. One triple three five three, Maddie. I'm not finished with. You. Hang on a second. <laughs> when, yeah. when did they stop dressing you with Sarah? Sarah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Probably when he outgrew the white dress. Yeah, it was. I, re- I remember doing it a lot. Did you? Okay, <laughs> okay. And was it was it always the same white dress? Yes. And when did they stop when you got your period? <laughs> oh, Mary. <laughs> All right, one triple three five three. If your parents dressed you as a as a girl or as the opposite gender, give us a call. We'll save the nursery rhyme quiz for tomorrow. Great to have your company, City. <laughs> this show just does my mind in sometimes in a really great way. Okay, so I don't we were gonna talk about nursery rhymes or something like that, and then we got on to how sad my producer Maddie's life is. Maddie, why? Why you one of four children, the last child, mm. and I didn't get any nursery rhymes read uh, to me. Don't that's not the part I'm talking about, mate. Let's get to the part where your parents dressed you as a girl in a white dress and they called you Sarah. Yeah, because they wanted a girl. Yeah, but you're a boy, me. mate. You you are such a boy. You've got a beard and everything. Yeah. Sarah is a very unattractive and, woman and, right now. And I've what, got to tell you and what happened when the pizza arrived? Um, I'd have to pull twenty dollars out of my top and hand it to the delivery <laughs> Sorry, guy. Out of your top or out of your dress? Dress thing, whatever it was. It was a dress. It was a white dress. It was a white dress. <laughs> what happened? So you, your parents dressed you like the woman in the flake ad, old reference, but a good one. And then you had to pay the pizza guy like you were a hooker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can I ask <laughs> what happened if there was change? Where did he put that? Uh, Eddie? <laughs> did you have a coin slot? Did you? <laughs> I don't know. Did you have to push your boobs together? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, have you addressed this with your parents? You used to remind me of my older brothers. who used to do the same thing, just laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give me the calls. Oh There's God. some good stories. Okay. I'm not the only one. Oh I'm not I'm the post, only one. We put this in the call out one triple two five three. If your parents dressed you as the opposite sex when you were a kid, and Russell from Camaro's called in. Go, Russell. Yeah, g'day. I'm uh, last of four, two, three older sisters. When when I was when I was born, I was a bit premmy, and uh, my head was the size of, size of a tennis ball, and the clothes they had for me were too small. Sorry, too big. So um, my oldest sister offered her doll's clothes to dress me up in to take me home. Oh, no. Russell, you're dressed as a Cabbage Patch Kid. That's about it. The other thing, um, when I was young, because the three girls were before me, Mum decided not to buy me undies, so... Uh, oh, shit! <laughs> no, I, Russell, no! Yeah, I know, it's terrible. I wore, thrilly, I wore thrilly undies from 1960 to 1968. Eight years in knickers! Yeah, and I would have stayed in them, but oh. Billy Templeton at school saw my thrills hanging out of my shorts one day. <laughs> and he said, you've got girls, buddy, pants on. So I ran home and uh, mum said, we'll go and get you some green line jockeys. <laughs> Russell, Run. Russell, I'm not even kidding, mate. I'm, I'm borderline in tears. <laughs> like Liam's laughing his ass off. And normally I'd be doing that, but I, I feel so sad. Yeah, miss, there's, there's another sort of bit. I went for a job not that long ago, and um, the guy had a pretty husky voice. The guy that was interviewing me, the big sort of bloke, and um, he sort of learned a bit about me and asked me about, uh, you know, the family and, and whatever, and he um, found out that I had three older sisters and, and a few funny things that have happened to me, which he asked, and he said, well, it's a bloody wonder you're not batting for the other side. And I said to him, well, Bob, you're a very attractive man. How do you know I'm not? <laughs>
<laughs> and? Did you get the job? Oh, I went down the coast that afternoon and he rang me up and he said, you've got the gig. Oh, well, that's all kind of worked oh, out. <laughs> well, I, I had to win girls' niggas for eight years. <laughs> We've got time for one more call. I can't believe this is the only time I've been completely knocked ass about by my own talkback topic. Michaela in Coogee. Hi, Michaela. Hi. Great to have you in the show. All right. You got a story about parents dressing child as the opposite sex just because they felt like it? Yeah, so sort of. So I grew up next door to my boyfriend and we moved in next door to each other when we were three years three years old and the first time he met my parents he was actually playing dress-ups with his sister and he came outside in a dress so the first time my boyfriend met my parents was when he was in a dress so when he was three he was he was dressed up as a girl as three so here's the thing right this is not about you know gender dysmorphia this is not about you know trans this or trans it's got nothing to do this is about parents (laughs) just dressing up their children (laughs) as the opposite gender because they think it's kind of amusing yep Pretty much. I I, I don't even know what to say. It's 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 not right. It's not right. It's not right. And the funny thing was, it was it was a white dress as well. It's always a white dress. What is it with these parents? Maddie had a white dress, Michaela, and look what's happened to him. Thank you so much for calling. I can't believe that we've got so many calls for this. We're going to go. No, we don't. We have one to more go. real we, quick, at... Chris. Can we get to Chris All real right. quick? It's going to be super quick. Chris, Chris, fire away, mate. Go. How are you guys? Very um, good. So, uh, yeah, my little brother and I um, and a couple of mates, we used to play dress-ups as superheroes. Yeah. So we, the mates and I, we'd all choose, you know, Superman, Batman, yeah. Spider-Man, that sort of thing. But yeah. uh, little brother, if it wasn't pr- thinking freely, he wasn't interested. So it was always little Bo Peep, little Miss Muffet, or he yeah. always wanted to be the little damsel in distress. Mate, I'm cool with that, Chris, because that's his choice. That's okay. He's had a say in that. Maddie, my producer, his parents made him dress like he was a a, a woman from a ninth for like some sort of eighteenth century novel. What is we're gonna call him producer Sarah from now on? What are, oh my god. Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> that was the Merrickville Catch Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch Up from the Triple M app.